everyone. Welcome to the IBC Amina podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We are coming to you virtually from Canada, uh, which was a scene of World Conference this year. And we're going to be talking with a leader in the leadership communications space, Bob Picard. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Many thanks, Alex. I'm happy to be here. So, Bob, first of all, you're the principal of Signal Leadership Communication. Yes. And you have talked extensively about how CEOs and executives can communicate. You've also talked as well on the issue of communication in the area, era sorry, of social media. Yes. Now, what is happening when it comes to how social media has changed leadership communications, especially you know, with the increasing pace of crises that we're seeing online and also offline today? What we have seen, I think, in recent months is a pivot, a real change in what we've seen. It used to be that most CEOs, Alex, they would, in many cases, be reluctant to communicate on social media because of fear. They would be afraid that they would make some kind of mistake in communicating on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, which would increase risk to the company. Now, what we've seen now is that fear remains a factor. That's still a a key emotion to understanding executive behavior. But the fear now is fear of missing out or not being able to communicate if and when, and it always is a question of when ultimately a crisis occurs for a company. Some executives, they've seen what happens if the CEO is not on social media and the media and critics take over in reporting what's going on. So the the idea that a CEO should be active, should be communicating on social media is now becoming an accepted truth to corporate communications, I believe. It's part of the new conventional wisdom which is emerging. But when it comes to the issue of social media, I still see a lot of CEOs either staying away or they're getting it wrong. They're not engaging openly and transparently in in the time frame that people would expect to engage. And there are exceptions. There are people who are on completely the other end, you know, people like Elon Musk who, who just <laughs> seem to do whatever they want on social media. Yeah, too know, much. Forget, forget the legal counsel, forget the consequences. Who Who is doing it right? You know, who can we learn from in this space? I like the example being set by Kevin Johnson at Starbucks, for example. When his company had a racially charged incident at one of its stores in Philadelphia, the company came out right away with kind of a, a standard issue uh, Internet 1.0 apology, and they, they had a, a nicely formatted template, and they put it out on the corporate um, uh, web properties, and they thought that that would, that would be enough to get, get the public off their back. But it didn't happen that way. And so Johnson had to deploy quickly, uh, get on uh, television, and not just uh, think his way through or talk his way through, but feel his way through uh, the real-time now of the crisis. And I think his being one of the newest CEOs on social media, he wasn't on Twitter before this happened. 
He narrowly prevented a PR disaster. It could have been a terrible uh, mess. It could have ruined his career. Um, he uh, turned it around and he's doing so now on Twitter. And I think that having missed the moment to uh, communicate or inter intercept that crisis effectively uh, through social media, he's not gonna let that ever happen again. And now we see one CEO after another, you know, it's almost de rigueur or expected that they have some kind of account on social media. The new CEO of Air France, the new CEO of uh, Airbus, they're on social media. New CEO of, uh, of GE, they're on social media, all of these people. And so um, it's becoming more conspicuous, the CEOs who are absent from social media. What prompted the change here? Because I know with Kevin Johnson at Starbucks, he's only been on there since September 2018. Right. And, you know, it feels as if we lived in social media for forever. So what, what, has, what has made them go online and start communicating? Well, I think they figured out at last that when something goes wrong for a company, as it will, all eyes go online via social media looking for the leader. And if the leader is not there, then that's when the critics take over and the public spectacle of what will be invariably labeled a PR, a PR disaster takes over. So I, I think that uh, they have realized that real-time leadership is required in the now of public opinion via social media. I think there's just a growing understanding of that. I've been doing public relations for 29 years. And when I started my career at Hill and Knowlton, uh, we used to practice basically interval style communications where we would schedule moments of uh, uh, public relations activity, public communication uh, at, at predetermined points in time, you know, the, the press conference or the news release or the executive interviews. But now the CEO is always within the capture radius of social media, and there's more of a, a, a liquid or ongoing flow to it, not an episodic interval style. So I think that that whole um, uh, dynamic of how information moves, I, I, think, I think that's really brought about the change. And what can we do as communicators to fast forward that change? And then once the change happens, to be there and help our leadership? Honestly, Alex, I, I think that communicators like us have to be better at un understanding social media in, in our bones ourselves. Uh, you know, I, I follow a decent selection of, of, of journalists on social media, and I follow a decent selection of corporate comms people. And there's no comparison in my mind uh, who's better at doing it. I don't, think, I don't think the senior leaders of our industry, the PR consulting trade especially, um, are themselves that, that good when it comes to social. So how can we possibly confidently counsel CEOs at the most senior level that you know, here's how you should be using social media to signal your leadership when we ourselves are not using it well enough? And I, I think... To be on social media and to be an effective corporate communicator, those are two different things. You know, we know how, we should know how, you know, when to communicate, where to communicate, how to communicate, what's too much, what's just the right amount, how to strike that right chord, um, tuning into the public frequency of, of sentiment. I mean, this is what we're supposed to be good at, but I, I think we, 
we are not as an industry addressing what could clearly be a, a greater marketplace need to provide this kind of counseling. We have to do better. I, I still smile a little bit when I see a communicator, see a communicator who doesn't have a solid social media presence, or even even better, has a social media presence which is private. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I still see that. <laughs> it, well, it's remarkable, really. I mean, you just just do a quick desktop survey of the most senior executives in the global PR agency industry, and in many cases, some notable cases the the top people they they may not even do their own social media presence or they're 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 only periodically active so if i were the ceo of a of a fortune 500 company and i were contemplating what i should be doing on social media i'm not sure i could i could have much faith in in some of these people who themselves really really don't know it themselves now the the next generation of talent up and coming in the ranks i think they get it instinctively um, but the problem is, of course, um, they are not yet in many cases senior enough to confidently counsel the C-suite in their own company. And what I have found, I have found a, an interesting consulting niche where I can go in as a third-party consultant and, and as a senior executive dealing with a fellow senior executive, the CEO of a company, who will not under any circumstances, Alex, want to admit the extent of his or her um, shortcomings of knowledge when it comes to something seen as so vitally important as digital, dealing with disruption and transformation in their company. So uh, in many cases, some of these corporate comms people who aren't, aren't savvy about social, they can outsource the function and use someone like me or other consultants as a tool to get the job done with, with our own executives. In terms of where we're heading on social media uh, and, and the executive communication. What needs to change and how do we promote that change? How do we fast forward things? How do we make executives see why they need to be online? Well, I think we have to, we have to do a better job measuring the value of the reputation asset, the, uh, the precious nature of the relationships which they can build with key stakeholders and the general public on social media. Um, I, I, I have a, a, a client, a hedge fund client in Singapore, for example. They recently had me train them on the value of a corporation's reputation capital as a KPI for acquiring it. How much, how much additional money should a, a hedge fund pay to buy a company that has a good reputation versus a bad reputation? which in many cases is determined through the personification of the brand in the person of the CEO communicating as that company's top corporate communicator. So I, I think that tangible measurement and, and the use of more case studies, particularly, and I worked I work for 13 years in the Asia Pacific region and in, in corporate command chains and traditional corporations where many of the executives are, are engineers or doctors, you know, we can't just talk about the artistry of our craft. We have to talk about the science and we have to show the numbers. And of course, digital by its very nature, by the definition of it, is about numbers, about data. And so we should be able to prove our case here convincingly with adequate, uh, adequate evidence to support our claims. 
But how do you do that when it comes to the measurement piece? You know, how do we walk into a room with leadership and say, look, this is the the financial impact, this is the reputational risk, and, and these are the numbers to back up what I'm saying. Because you know what it's like with communications. You know, they'll listen to a lawyer, they'll listen to an accountant, they'll even listen to the consultant. But when it comes to communicators, it's often an uphill battle trying to get them to listen unless we've already got their trust. Well, and in many cases, communications is a uh, undervalued or subordinate corporate function where we do not enjoy the same degree of trust as, as the lawyers or the accountants. So we have to sing for our supper. We have to earn our way. And it's, you know, what, what you're asking is not easy to answer because I would say there is no silver bullet that will guarantee that we're able to, to do what, what I'm calling for here. Now, I, I do think, though, that we can, we can try different techniques depending on the peculiar characteristics of each unique situation. One of my favorite things to do is to walk into a company, particularly if it's publicly traded, and I like to show the CEO examples of other CEOs. Um, I, I, I'll show a, a, a timeline on the horizontal axis, and it will show two, two lines. One line will be showing the, the tweets of the executive, and the other line will show the stock price. And time and again, I can demonstrate graphically at a glance so they can just picture this and size it up quickly for themselves how an executive communicating on social media will affect the uh, public sentiment in a company as it's affected on the, um, the real-time price of the stock. Now, that's, that's, just, that's an interesting talking point. That's not conclusive evidence of what you're asking me, Alex. But it's certainly a way for, for, for a stimulating dialogue to, to begin. And it opens the door to more, more possibilities for communicators to be convincing about why it is that they should get more tools to help build the social media presence for the CEO. It would certainly pique the interest of uh, a lot of CEOs to see how their stock price uh, jumps or um, right falls based on their, uh, their tweets. And I can think of a couple of CEOs in mind who... Yeah, who have had prior experience of uh, of this, putting out a couple of words, and uh, yeah, their uh, their stock following those words, uh, up or down. That's right. Well, Bob, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you are probably one of the best people to follow. Not probably, you are definitely one of the best people to follow online. You can follow Bob on Twitter. The ad sign Bob Picard, one word, and. Bob, you're always putting out interesting views, interviews, insights. So if you want to follow one person on leadership comms and social media, Bob is your man. So thank you very much, Bob, for joining us today. Many thanks indeed, Alex. And I would say likewise, uh, I enjoy tuning into your social media frequency and uh, always enjoy receiving the benefit of your perspectives. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Bob. And please do keep following us uh, on the podcast. Uh, We'll have another episode in a couple of weeks' time. Till then, take care. Okay, cheers, Alex.